Hello and welcome back to Braindump. I hope you guys are all well. So we haven't done a chat episode in a while, chat hard about topic, and my good friend Gemma has a podcast called First Impressions, which I highly, highly recommend checking out. So we thought we'd do a little collab, as they do in the podcasting world, which is pretty exciting. And our topic is introversion and extroversion. I had a lot of fun recording this with Gemma, and I'm absolutely certain we're going to do a lot more together in the future. I hope you like the episode. If you do, please give it a like and a share. Maybe share your thoughts on introversion and extroversion. But anyway, without further ado, here is Introversion Extroversion with my good friend, Jem. Hello and welcome back. I'm your host, Connor, and you're listening to Brain Dump. In a world where everything is polarised, we explore new perspectives to understand more about ourselves and the world that we live in. Cool. Now, three, two, one, clap, right? So, three, two, one. Um, so, Jem, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Uh, have a good chinwag, as we always do. Thank you for having me again, Connor. We've been chatting endlessly via voice notes, via the internet, via all things. Um, and we're big, big fans of sort of what makes people people, I guess. So, we thought we'd talk about introversion and extroversion yes we love that topic don't we we do (laughs) so Jem, where do you lie do you think on the introversion extroversion sort of spectrum i think it's safe to say i'm a full-on massive extrovert yeah (laughs) yeah that's the only way to put it yeah so i'd say i'm i'm definitely very introverted and yeah i definitely think it's a sliding scale Mm. uh, because apparently three quarters of or two-thirds of people, rather, are ambiverts. So they, like, lie somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But I thought we'd sort of explore this a bit further. Mm-hmm. And I was going to run you through the little, like, extroversion, introversion sort of assessment that my manager, Sonia, sent me. Lovely Sonia. Oh, big up, Sonia. On a sliding scale, are you either more in tune with the external environment or down to contemplate the world? Definitely more in tune with the external environment. Like, I, yeah, constantly I'm observing, I'm listening, I'm taking in everything that's around me. And yeah, I find it really hard. I'm sure we'll go over this, but I find it really hard to be by myself and have my own thoughts, if that makes sense. Mm. Interesting. Okay. I would say you're more extroverted in that case. Like the intrude with the external environment is definitely a more extroverted trait. What would you say? For me, I'm definitely down to contemplate the world. In fact, to the point that I struggle to do anything else. (laughs) Really? I didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I think almost to the point where I think I'm really oblivious when it comes to navigating my external environment because I'm so caught up in contemplating the world. Yeah. Again, that would make me more introverted and and our listeners can contemplate where they lie. Mm. Do you prefer to talk through problems or do you prefer to think through problems? Oh, God. I mean, I talk through every problem I have ever processed, like... 
I don't even process it before I talk about it. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to have for my breakfast. What do you think I should have for my breakfast? Up until the really deep stuff, like, what's my purpose in life? What do you think my purpose is? Even just know how I feel. Like, I think I really got this when we started voice noting as well. Because I was thinking more deeply because I was saying it out loud. Mm. Which I'd never noticed before until, you know, we obviously kept chatting and then I was realising stuff. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely a processing my thoughts vocally. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that would certainly make you in the extroverted camp where I am 100% in the prefer to think through my problems to the point where I'm the opposite, Mm. where I will vocalise when I've come to a near conclusion. So... Uh, out of the blue, I'll just suddenly be, I think I'm putting other people's needs before my own. <laughs> and everyone will be like, what have you been thinking about? Yeah. <laughs> like, how have we got to this point? <laughs> I've been thinking about this for two years and I think that's the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally, literally that. Which is, I find hilarious because sometimes I'll, I'll catch Gina off guard and she'll be like, what rabbit hole have you been going down? <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny, isn't it? Like, yeah, how all completely opposite we are. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, okay, next one. Do you learn best by doing or discussing or learn best by reflecting and mentally practicing? I don't think I'm as extreme on this one because I definitely do learn by, you know, doing and, and talking about stuff. But I don't mind the reflecting either. Like, it's not... I'd say I'm more maybe in the middle for that one. Mm-hmm. But I suppose even if I was to reflect, I would need people to help me reflect. So in that mm. sense, doing and saying is probably more my camp. Um, but yeah, I would definitely say a bit more in the middle there, to be honest. Okay. What about you? Uh, I, w- I would agree with you. So the, the extroverted sort of preference would be to talk through and learn best by doing. And the other, the introverted one would be to do the mental reflecting one. Uh, but I, I would agree. I'm somewhere in the middle. I think I do a lot of sport and I, whenever I want to learn something new in a sport, I want to just do it, like get involved, have a go. But that being said, I realize I spend a ridiculous amount of time in the shower thinking about how to do things. Like, mm. how could I improve that? I, and when it comes to learning about myself, that's always in the reflection camp. Um, I'm always like, oh, I noticed that I behaved like that or I thought something like that in response to this. So although I'm definitely more in the middle, I'd say I'm still much more on the introverted sort of thinking through problems. Mm. Interesting. Specifically, I don't know why, but do you find the shower is reflective time? Do you know what it is about the shower? The shower is the place where I solve all my problems. Wow. I mean, the bath is for me, to be honest, so I get it. Sometimes you just got to cleanse your mind and soul, you know? It's true. One of my favourite subreddits of all time is Shower Thoughts, and it's incredible what people think in the shower and share it with the world. (laughs) On the sliding scale, do you have a breadth of interests or a depth of interests? Definitely breadth. 
like. Interesting. I want to get my fingers in every pie that's ever been made. Uh-huh. But sometimes I do panic, like, not what is my purpose, but like, yeah, because I don't have a, a deep skill or understanding of something, but I just like to dabble in things. But you know, there's, there's benefits to that as well. But yeah, to answer the question, definitely, yeah, have a breadth of interests. Because I'm just interested in life and people and I like to ask people questions and yeah, learn as much as possible, but a lot, mm. rather than a depth of things. It, the trend is fitting. It would make you much more extroverted, according to this scale. I can definitely see that in you. Everything seems to catch your eye. You're constantly absorbing about everything, which mm. is, yeah, I think it's a really, really nice trait because it means that you get to meet so many more people and have conversations with so many aspects on life. Where for me, I will just not pay anything attention unless I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> and then it becomes like, yeah, like I will... I'm going to try to get into chess and then suddenly I'm obsessed with playing chess or uh, my recent craze is cryptocurrency and just reading and learning all about cryptocurrency and it's just like, I need to chill out. But yeah, that would you know entertain the introspective part of me. Do you tend to speak and act first, then reflect later? Or do you tend to reflect before acting or speaking? What do you think for me? i know that words just pour out of you (laughs) yeah i can't help it but not in a sense of like you know i would never say anything that well i'd hope that was you know disrespectful but i have to say how i'm it's more how i'm feeling Mm -hmm. like we had a call today and when you ask how i am i'm like well (laughs) (laughs) it's almost like i can't be my true self until I set the scene of how I am, mm. which, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think it's great, though. Yeah, what would you say? I'm definitely reflecting before acting or thinking, to the point that sometimes I will be talking, stop myself, because I'll be like, actually, I've thought about this some more mid-sentence, and that's not what I think. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you definitely do do that. There's been a few voice notes where you've started to say something and then you've stopped and you've been like, so, yeah. <laughs> and you can just tell that you're like, I don't want to talk about that anymore, so I'm going to move on. But that's interesting because, in a sense then, it's almost like you are processing your thoughts as you vocalise it. So... Maybe there is that bit of, you know, your mind's changing mm. as you speak in it. I think it depends on context as well. I don't know. It depends on the situation, I think. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of this does. Like, I think the one thing before we get into the heart of the podcast is it's a sliding scale. It's yeah. situational. It's very generalistic. It doesn't matter whether introverted or extroverted. It's just great to talk about. Right. Jem, I have some questions for you. Oh, I've got some questions for you as well. Fab. Well, should we take it in turns then? Yeah. I suppose we've covered this a little bit, but is there anything else you would add in terms of how do you know you're an extrovert that we've not covered? Well, okay, so for me, I guess how I know that I'm not an extrovert is 
I think I get physically exhausted when I spend too much time socializing. Mm. I will be on nights out or I will be in even in just a social situation where I'm suddenly like, I've got to go. I, I've had enough. Uh, my energy is just gone. I cannot keep this up anymore. Have a lovely evening. And then I'll just evacuate. Yeah. <laughs> and I know because I have to put a lot of thought into socialising. Like if I know I'm going to call someone or I know uh, I'm going to plan some kind of night out, drink at the pub or whatever, I have to plan it and factor in. I have to get myself into a mindset and a, a space that I feel comfortable in order to be the socialising version of myself, where to be introverted just on my own, default, absolutely no, like I can do that as and when, whenever I want, where, yeah, I know that there has to be some prep behind socialising. I'm smiling because I've just had flashback to when you told me about um, meditating you got the app and how many, how many um, hours of, did you do of meditating over lockdown it's not funny it's just the way you said it I can't remember um, what, how I said it but um, yeah I clocked over 6,000 minutes worth of uh, meditation <laughs> Yeah, I think if I was like, wow, you should be really proud of that. I was like, oh, it's a good icebreaker for work. Like, what did you do over lockdown? Oh, I spent 6,000 minutes on my own doing nothing. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, God, it just made me laugh. I was just like, God, I, that is pure hell for me, sitting on my own in silence for 6,000 minutes. Oh, Jesus. Uh, anyway. Uh, how about you then? How do you know that you're extroverted uh yeah it's weird isn't it like when you just know but it's when somebody asks you that question it's it's hard i know i'm an extra extrovert because the way i described it last time was like you know you you might pop a can of coke and that noise that like ah you know something in your brain is like oh that's great like that's how i feel literally just smiling at people saying hello like getting to know them i think i just i can literally feel the energy in me like super mario building blocks <laughs> i don't know that's the only way i can think of it i'm like if i find myself on my own i can feel myself deflating like a balloon and i know that i need to get back out and see people mm-hmm. but yeah i feel like that's why and then the energy is almost like, if I don't do that, I can't be productive, I can't do my work. So it's not just about like feeling good, it's about feeling able to do life as well. Like, you know, my house mm. won't be as clean because I'm lower and yeah, it's weird. It affects everything. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because I feel like you've articulated that much better than I could because I think I would say exactly the same thing Mm. except for the other way around like if I don't have time on my own Mm. then everything else starts falling apart Mm. but then equally I I do resonate with how important it is to socialize and be Mm. an extrovert from time to time like I know that's really important lockdown has very much highlighted that to me but thank god I feel like lockdown must be so much harder as an extrovert (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can't even put my brain into 
that space again because it was just that bad. <laughs> Do you think there's an assumption that people with a disability are introverted? Ooh, good question. Um, so for context, if people are listening for the first time, uh, I'm a wheelchair user. So I think, yeah, I think there is an assumption that people think disabled people are introverts. And yes, you know, disabled people are humans and like there's introverted disabled people, but also a lot of obviously extroverted disabled people. I think we talked about it, didn't we? And I think you put it really well that I didn't even think about was there's so many barriers, like socially and in the environment. I suppose because it's harder to get out, it's harder to go on public transport. People don't see disabled people doing everyday things as much as non-disabled people. So I think that's where the stereotype comes, is that visibly disabled people are less seen. So yeah, people definitely think that I'm like introverted and... But I suppose there's that other thing of like, people mistake introversion for like, quiet and sad even, which is ridiculous. Like, just like introverts just about energy isn't it it's not about personality and stuff like that so there's a lot in that question i think but yeah to answer it definitely stereotype and i think it's all about people being able to get out and socialize and be with people that was a really good answer because i think this is something naturally i've been thinking a lot about mm. and this is just a thought and i wanted to get your opinion on it but yeah. i feel like there's a societal bias towards extroversion because mm. i feel like often the most confident leaders or any you know any kind of position of status you think of more extroverted traits now maybe that's just my experience and my perception on things but i do feel like if you let's say you're going for a job interview you want someone who's really chatty really engaging really confident really almost a little bit assertive mm. and those are all traits that you typically associate with a an extrovert as a result, it may be the case that introverts might miss out on different opportunities. But equally, if let's say you have a disability and you're an extrovert like mm. yourself and you haven't got the same opportunities because of all the other barriers that are in the way, then you were also denied those opportunities a lot of the time. Is that something that you think you agree on? Or Yeah, it's... Um... I suppose taking my experience of interviews and stuff, like if we're talking about leadership and stuff, I've always put in 200% because I've known that people expect the bare minimum. So I want to show them that I've not just got what everyone's got, but I've got the extra. So it's almost like I'm using all this extrovert energy that really I haven't got, like... I've only got so much. <laughs> I've gone in job interviews where I've gone to shake somebody's hand and they've not gone to shake it back. And there's been like an awkward thing like that. Or I've done a speech and people have not even looked in my direction because they didn't expect me to do a speech. So it's things like that where you're using all your energy to try and compensate for that stereotype. So I think, yeah. And when you think about introvert there's so many skills being an introvert and a leader we watched that video didn't we that Sonia sent and mm. 
it's a shame that there is that stereotype that you know the louder you are, the better, mm-hmm. the better leader you are, because that's just bull, isn't it? Like it's not. Mm. I don't know. What do you think about leadership and introversion? Very, very similar. That video is called The Power of Introverts, which I think is really, really good. There was another one that Sonia also sent me, which was Introverts as Leaders, I think it was called. Mm. And yeah, I think similar in the sense that I did a bit of research before this podcast to sort of look into what causes introversion and extroversion. And there's lots of different theories, but one of them being that introverts get a higher blood flow to a particular area of the brain this means that that area of the brain is in a state of arousal that's much higher so you can take in a lot more information a lot faster and as a result introverts get overstimulated by the environment too much find a bit overwhelming so prefer environments where it's a bit quieter you know not as overwhelming extroverts the opposite less blood flow the area of the brain is less aroused so Information comes a bit slower, so need overstimulation to get, you know, the same level of arousal. But they were saying in this video that introverts as leaders, as a result, can have a lot of ability to read people more effectively, potentially take more information on, reflect a lot harder on certain situations to make more calculated decisions and think about individuals more so than like groups and I imagine there's, you know, lots of pros and cons to being an extrovert and introvert. But because there's probably, you know, and I don't know this, but probably more extroverts as leaders just because of that societal bias towards being confident and outspoken and things like that, that, you know, maybe a dose of introvert would be good. You know, like I'd mix it up. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, I loads of thoughts. I think it's a really interesting topic. Mm, that's just reminded me. I saw an article, I don't know if you've seen it, on LinkedIn that was like, always check in after a meeting on the quieter people. Mm. Because usually the quieter people are thinking, 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 and they will have the best ideas because they've had time to reflect mm. on that meeting. And I was like, that's so true. Yeah, I think that's why it's so important in a workplace setting that everyone has a voice. And not only does everyone have a voice, but you are asking for everyone's voice. Because I think Mm. there's one thing, yeah, anyone can speak up, but it's another thing going out and seeking what everyone's opinions are. I feel very lucky that where I work, people do ask for my opinion. And yeah, that feels very inclusive. A balance is obviously always going to be top, I think. Okay, so you've had had a day where you've socialised beyond socializing like you are ready to sit on your own how do you reset yourself when you know that you've you've used all your extrovert levels you've got there would be a heavy dose of meditation involved for sure i don't know there's something about meditation that really recalibrates me i often do a lot of yoga for the same reason i'm a very physically active person so I often want to be doing things as well, but in an introverted way. So it could be like a long walk in nature. But what I do find is when I'm extroverted, it physically drains me as well. So often I don't actually have that energy level. So yeah, I often listen to audiobooks, meditate, yoga. I often play a lot of video games. Like I'm not actually a big gamer, but 
I like getting lost in a different world or whatever. And I like having focus, like something I can get absorbed into. That's one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit is actually being an introverted, outgoing person. Because mm. I feel like I often get labelled as really outgoing and all of that. But a lot of the outgoing things I do are very introverted, solo activities. Like lots of hiking. I gym on my own. I mean, obviously, I gym with Gina, but we do our own thing. And I use that as like a quite an introverted space, even though it's quite physically active. All the martial arts I do are solo sports. Like, I actually quite enjoy the fact that it's me versus myself a lot of the time, like mastering a, a thing. Anyway, diverted a little bit there. Well, how about you? Do you ever get exhausted by social activities? Yeah, I think this is a tough one for me because, like, we are complete opposite. Like, you're very physical and, you know, you like to do things as well as have that reflecting time. Whereas, for me, because physical is difficult, even socialising for me is a physical activity. Mm. Because, you know, everyday tasks to get to that social is knackering so is i think it's difficult being an extrovert a disabled person because i can't tell what's because i'm an extrovert and what's because i'm disabled mm. so i suppose just from my experience if i need to recharge it might look like if i don't feel able to see a friend physically i might have a texting session with them or voice noting or I'll do something that's quite physically low but still stimulates my brain basically mm-hmm. yeah it's difficult to separate that physical versus my brain basically no fully um but I like to do all sorts mm-hmm. do you find that voice notes video calling texting gives you the same extroverted kick that you need yeah i think so definitely i think although you know i've got preferences like i'd much rather a nice voice note than a two-hour call because even as an extrovert that's a lot Mm -hmm. again bringing other things into it because i'm quite empathetic with people if i'm having a really deep conversation for two hours that's a lot for me to take in and to feel like I've supported that person Mm. as well as letting out my own feelings so yeah I think being an extrovert there's definitely other things as well that mean my preferences change but yeah just in terms of connecting with people it could be a text it could be a message it Mm. could be a phone call it just gives me that still that same energy boost Mm-hmm. And I just feel like I've connected with somebody. Mm-hmm. That feeling just makes my heart swell, you know? <laughs> That's really interesting. And it's great that you can recognise that in yourself because I think we often end up burning out if we're not balancing all those things. And I think that is a cause of a lot of people's stress. Lockdown has been a serious... I think we've all recognised that, haven't we? You know, mm. how it causes us to burn out because our needs aren't being met a lot of the time because we have this forced forced containment yeah and like i don't know if you've heard of 
the term internalised ableism as well, but that's for anybody who doesn't know. It's like you judge yourself on the negative side of disability. So say if I did need to rest because physically I was exhausted, you almost judge yourself like, oh God, so disabled for needing time out. Mm -hmm. So there's that side of things as well where perfectly fine to rest your worth and your productivity doesn't change just because you need an half an hour lie down but the pressures of society that tell you you've got to be up doing things seeing people every day mm. tells us that that's not good i can imagine that being incredibly tough there is you know nowhere near the same i find similar about being introverted sometimes i feel mm. there's a pressure to be extroverted and i'm particularly when i was at college and uni I much preferred my own company mm. uh, and I was quite hostile in a lot of ways to create that because I struggled to be extroverted a lot of the time. Mm. And, you know, I'm in a position where I'm, I don't have the same hurdles as people with disabilities. So yeah, it's, it's amazing how societal pressure can really channel that inner narrative in quite a toxic way when you feel like you've got to live up to some expectation that really shouldn't be there. Mm. God, we got deep already, Gem. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't tell one. If you had to choose your ideal day, Connor, mm-hmm. in terms of start to finish, what would you choose to do? And would it be completely by yourself or would there be social within it? There would definitely be social, for sure. Yeah. I think friends would be important, whatever happens. But I think the context of which that socialising went down is probably be quite different to other people but a vast majority of my day would probably be on my own or maybe just with Gina I would probably wake up have the most incredible cup of coffee ever you know coffee is the best way to start the day yeah and then go for a long dog walk in nature probably the woods I just love being in forest and immersed in nature yeah I'd probably go training I you know either a bit Brazilian jiu-jitsu a bit of kickboxing I like striving towards things like mastering a craft that kind of thing that kind of sense of purpose i find really enjoyable and then i'd probably spend a lot of time yogaing or meditating i always find that's a nice way to recalibrate unwind and then my socializing would probably be in the evening maybe around uh, a little campfire with some friends or maybe a barbecue something really low key but just like just a few people not a lot just you know some of my closest mates just chatting away yeah and that's probably the extent of my socializing really (laughs) my ideal day yeah and how long would you be at said campfire three hours maybe i think it depends because i think for me if i'm having really deep conversations about i don't know anything deep and uh, i enjoy I could talk about that for ages uh, and that really immerses me. But if that starts to dry up, then I'm suddenly aware of how socially exhausted I am. And then I plummet and have to go to bed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rain check. Yeah. How about you? What would your perfect day involve? So I would, I'd have a lion because partly I'd need to be physically ready for this extraordinary day. (laughs) that I've already planned in my head. I would probably take my time 
getting ready, and that would be my prep for the extrovert day. Okay. I see getting ready, I'm like, it sounds silly, but like doing my hair, doing my makeup, probably the same as you meditating. Mm. It almost sets me for my day mentally. Okay. I bet there's people listening to it who do the same, like, because it's a routine thing that you do, it's, I don't know. So I'll probably do that, take my time on that, and then, oh, it would all kick off. I'd probably get my friends, we'd have lunch together, probably like a a boozy day brunch situation. It's, you know, lost and found, that chain. Probably somewhere like that, you know, you'd get dressed up. Maybe a table of like 15 people, just chit-chatting away. Music in the background, you know, my head's like extrovert all over (laughs) chat. And then probably one thing will lead to another. Drinks will be flowing and then we'll go out and have a dance. Like that would be the perfect day. If I was physically like not exhausted because... Yeah, I think especially after lockdown, that's going to take a long time to get back to, you know, party all day, party all night. But Mm. in terms of being an extrovert, yeah, being around people is definitely would be my ideal day. And Mm. then when I got home, though, I'd want to be on my own to chill. So, yeah, that would be my ideal day. Just being around friends, really, chit-chatting, music in the background. Dreamy. Dreamy. Love that. Sounds really good. And food, obviously. I could come for about 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting as well, because I was thinking if we ever met, God knows if we actually will, I would definitely take on board your preferences. And yeah, I wouldn't be like, let's go for brunch for five <laughs> hours. <laughs> no, nah, we can meet somewhere in the middle. It's interesting because it's not like I don't enjoy these things because I, I really do, but I need to be prepared for them, I guess. Mm. I do big nights out with my mates and we do lots of festivals and things like that. But for me, I just need to build up to them and things. And I think my mates fully appreciate that. What I find really interesting is I'm in a relationship with an extrovert. And so yeah. she's always planning social events and things to do here and there and i'm always trying to plan weekends where there's nothing planned <laughs> yeah <laughs> so finding that balance can be uh challenging but it is fun you know i also think it's really healthy to be in a relationship with an extrovert because it encourages me to do things that help me grow as a person, challenge those things and in really healthy, safe ways. Yeah, I was thinking you're an extrovert and I'm an introvert. Do you think there's a kind of synergy there? Do you think introverts and extroverts can be really good for each other or do you, do you find that actually you resonate more with extroverts because you're extroverted? It's so interesting because I was thinking about this when we've been talking about it and I would say... 80% of my friends are introverts. Ooh. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to think why. And I think partly because I've lived in a household full of introverts. So I've got three introverts in my family home. 
and I would say that I'm very aware of people and even though I need people time I've just got a lot of introverted friends that I just swap you know like one day I'll hang out with one and one day I'll hang out with the other and Mm -hmm. I don't think it means that we don't have similar interests because we absolutely do it's just we respect each other's boundaries we respect each other's preferences some friends they'll come to my house or other friends I know they'll just want to meet for a coffee coffee for an hour so yeah I think extrovert and introvert actually work really well together like you say because we respect each other as long as that there's that respect then you know you can't go wrong can you it's, it's when people try and blur Mm. those boundaries which i'm sure we will talk about boundaries at some point Mm -hmm. but yeah i think so yeah i would agree with that ultimately i think introversion extroversion plays quite a small role in who you actually spend your time with and like what makes up your friends but i do think it is also quite a major thing like even if it's a small portion of how someone lives their life it still is still a factor but you're right i think communicating your needs and enforcing your boundaries is so important and i have very little patience for people who can't respect boundaries and will often get binned pretty quickly (laughs) yeah but then also you can't expect people to adhere to your boundaries if you're not communicating them uncommunicated boundaries is is a minefield i think you're a bit of a a boundaries queen gem so i very much look up to your mantras in life (laughs) yeah boundaries are hard and we definitely will have to do something on this but i think in terms of like communication and introvert and extrovert i think as an extrovert i'm very good at sensing when an introvert's had enough i've got a brother who has listened to my rants and as soon as he (laughs) switches off i'm like okay bye (laughs) so you know it's just that respect isn't it Mm -hmm. it's so interesting as well that i think because you're aware of it and i think almost to a point where because extrovertism if that's a word, involves being with lots of other people and you you feed off that energy Mm. where with an introvert, it's much more of a, and they've had enough because you never see them have enough when they're on their own because they're on their own. You organise plans to like do something where it's really difficult to find, or I find it really difficult to find an excuse of just, I've had enough. It's hard to explain why too much socializing or too much people time takes its toll on me other than the fact that it takes its toll on me like I feel like I need to come up with an excuse to get myself out of the situation Gina is amazing like I think she knows when I've been stretched a bit much and then she will create a day of introversion even though she knows you know she'd much rather be chilling with mates and that she's like right we're gonna go for a dog walk and we're gonna do this and it's a good skill to be able to to read (laughs) that cue i think yeah but you know you should just be able to say right i'm going because i've had enough but unfortunately we're british (laughs) and british people are very they pretend to be polite and you're just like you should just be able to say, I've had enough, I'm going to go. Like, mm. I, I, even I do it myself when I've had enough. I'll, I might say, oh, I'm going to go because I'm starting to feel a bit achy. And I feel myself, that's a white lie. I'm not feeling mm. achy. Like, I've just had enough. Mm-hmm. But yeah, maybe we all need to be a bit more bold. Mm-hmm. It's true. I find the British way of ending any conversation is 
Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I must go now. <laughs> like, why can't we just be like, right, shall we, shall we leave it there, yeah? Yeah, literally. That indirect communication is, is <laughs> incredible. Yeah. I've been told I'm too blunt. Like, I do that quite a lot. I used to do it at work, like, oh, I got a delivery the other day, and because he was hovering, I didn't know what to do, so I went, what do we do next, then? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, uh, I'll go. I went, all right, then, bye. <laughs> so <laughs> I told everybody, and they were like, Gemma, that's so blunt. So, like, well, what, how else would I have known? Did mm. I need to sign anything? What are we doing? Like... Do you want a cup of tea? That clarity is, is kind, though, at the end of the day. Communicating it, it meets everyone's needs and all of that. So, Gemma, what do you like when you first meet people? Oh, my God. You thought about that one, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know the answer to this. Okay, if I'm really honest, I'm a lot. And I know I'm a lot. <laughs> I think, yeah. Yeah, I'm a lot. I'm, I'm going red. You can't even see me. Though. <laughs> I I just really like people. And when I meet people, I just think, ooh, someone else. Like, yeah, I try and get to know them ASAP. I'm genuinely really interested in people. I ask a lot of questions. And I think some people think that comes across as a little bit, like, naive or, like, I'm a bit... Not immature, but like, yeah. But it's just genuinely me, and I think it's taken a a lot of years to just think, do you know what, that's me. I'm not being rude. Like, I'm not going to dull myself down because people think that it's not genuine. I don't know. Um, So, yeah, I just really like people. I suppose I I am a bit 200%, but then when I really trust someone, it goes down to like 80%. Interesting. But I think that is a disability thing as well. It's trying to prove that you're A-OK and you're happy in life, which, you know, I might be that day, but I also might be fuming. Like, mm. there's, a, there's a lot to it, but ultimately very chatty, very interested. And I think my key thing is to make people feel comfortable. That's mm-hmm. my number one priority is... Do they feel included? Are they being mm-hmm. heard? So yeah, that's what I'm like. I'm, I'm a lot. It's interesting because there's like a puppy dog level of energy that I remember when I first met you of like, you know when you meet a puppy dog for the first time and it doesn't know who to go to because it wants to go to everyone. <laughs> <And it> literally, <laughs> that's how I feel like you are. But the need to make everyone feel comfortable, I imagine plays into a lot of the reason why you have a lot of introverted friends because mm. I certainly felt really safe when I was with you I felt like I could be my authentic self and we can just chat and that was massively reassuring so I can imagine that playing such a, such a big role I've noticed something in myself where the more introverted the situation gets the more extroverted I become yeah. I become like this more bubbly chatty engaged person when the setting is much more low-key <laughs> do you force that or is it natural 
it definitely feels a lot more natural when the the situation is a bit more introverted i think i do find myself forcing the same level of energy at work sometimes mm. or in situations where i feel being a bit more extroverted would be a beneficial thing or maybe make the whole situation a bit more engaging for other people or I don't know I don't know what the situation but there's definitely times when I'm presenting extroversion more but Mm. that's why I go back to when you you know you make people feel very comfortable I feel oh I can be introverted or extroverted and I lie somewhere in the middle (laughs) which is great oh well I'm glad I do I think there's a sense of for me I definitely feel like a sponge a little bit. So if I feel like I'm with a really introverted person, I scale it down. Mm-hmm. But then if I'm with somebody who's really extroverted, it's almost like I'm, you know, like me and Thierry, for example. Uh-huh. It's just absolute explosion because we're both just absolutely buzzing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I can definitely relate to adjusting ourselves depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. And I think before we end, I think that's ultimately the real crux of it is it's a sliding scale. It's very situational. It's very dependent on the person and there's no expectation to be one way or the other way, but it's just massively interesting how we all came out very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely did. Shall we both end it by saying one benefit of being like ourselves so like me extrovert you introvert just to end on a high how do you feel about that yeah that sounds awesome do you want to go first yeah (laughs) yeah um i actually don't know what i'm gonna say um i think a benefit of being an extrovert is learning new things all the time because i'm genuinely interested in whatever and whoever i meet on that day i think a benefit of being an introvert is i reflect introspectively at a depth that i find incredibly enjoyable sometimes toxic but mostly enjoyable (laughs) yeah let's ignore the toxic bit (laughs) (laughs) i love that Thanks, Gem. It's been so much fun, as per usual. It has. Yeah, I'm sure we'll explore many more topics in the future. Yes, definitely. Thank you for having me again. And there you go. That does it for this episode. How cool is Gem and what a unique perspective on life she has. Really, really value her opinion. I highly, highly, highly recommend checking out her podcast, First Impression. She's had some really, really cool guests on there already. I've actually featured myself, uh, and we've had some really in-depth conversations around mental health and different perspectives on life, which I think is really, really healthy. And we're only going to have more of Gem on Brain Dump. As usual, links to referenced content will be in the description box below, including Gemma's First Impressions podcast, so definitely check her out there. Finally, if you do like the show, please give it a share and let us know. Are you an introvert or an extrovert or perhaps maybe an ambivert? But let us know and take care in the meantime and I'll see you 
in the next one. Bye!